This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw down $5 on this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code Richard. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code Richard. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportbook.draftkings.com slash football for terms for eligibility, terms and responsible games resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. The volume. You know this, sir. You lost for these Super Bowl championship. That should always be the expectation. I ain't mad at you. Go ahead. Welcome back to the Richard Sherman Podcast. It's week three, Mitchell, and already some colossal surprises. <sighs> Richard, where should we start? There was a lot of surprises. Cowboys! <laughs> 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 oh, I couldn't hold it. Just, just take uh, it away, Rich. Just uh, Arizona. Uh, Who would have thunk uh, it? Because I promise you, uh, Vegas wasn't thinking it. Uh, A lot Vegas of people lost losing. money today, buddy. That's for damn sure. Mitchell, anybody who betted on the Dallas Cowboys, Vegas is—they're loving it, Mitchell, oh. because Dallas was the favorite, and I'm sure nobody bet on the Arizona Cardinals to cover right now. If they did, I mean, they need to get a new job. As a predictor, I'm sure a lot of people love to hear their opinions. But my goodness, Mitchell, the Dallas Cowboys, they spent the first two weeks, Mitchell, they beat up on the, the Giants. 
defense playing really well, playing really well. A lot of sacks, a lot of chaos. Ogi Jua. It was a lot of people. Ogi Denzua. Ogi Denzua? Something like that. But Mitchell, Micah Parsons was playing phenomenal, a wrecking games. Trayvon Diggs was getting interceptions. Stephon Gilmore is getting interceptions. Malik Hooker is getting interceptions all over the place. Everybody's playing their butt off defensively. I kept saying, this offense just is not holding up their end of the bargain. And all I kept hearing from everybody else was, they don't need to. The defense is playing so well, they don't need to show up yet. It's it's not their fault. They're, they're in blowouts. They don't need to act all. They don't need to put up big points or put up big yards. Dak is just doing what he needs to do to win these games. Like, but it just doesn't look right, guys. It just doesn't look right. It doesn't look like they're an efficient offense. When I look at the San Francisco 49ers, I see an efficient offense, regardless of what the score is. If it's close, if it's a blowout, I know they're going to move the ball down the field. They're likely going to score in the red zone. I watched the, the Miami Dolphins. They're going to move the ball down the field. They're likely going to score in the red zone. I watched the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to move the ball down the field. They're likely going to score in the red zone. The, the Philadelphia Eagles, once they figured out, hey, they're putting a top on the defense. They're not, they're, they're not going to let Jalen Hurts and, and all day always open A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith just take the top off the defense. They're going to make you run it. Well, then they ran for 250 yards and did the same thing everybody else did. But with the Dallas Cowboys, they get in the red zone. They don't score a lot of points. Offensively, they don't score a lot of points. The defense always has to break the game open. And this time, give Josh Gannon a lot of credit, Mitchell, because he knows this Dallas Cowboys team. He knows their, their tendencies. He knows Jack Prescott. And he kept him in check the entire game. The entire game to the tune of 16 points, Mitchell. I think it was only one touchdown. One touchdown with, with some guys on defense that you cannot name, Mitchell. Some guys that showed up a couple weeks ago, Mitchell. And, and then you're missing your best defensive player in Buda Baker. Now, Kaiser White played a phenomenal game. He was all over the place. Give him all the credit in the world. I don't want to take anything away from the Arizona Cardinals. Josh Dobbs, big runs, big passes when they needed them. Um, James Conner ran the ball. The offensive line for the Arizona Cardinals played really well. Uh, it, was, it was a good game overall by them, and their offensive coordinator called a really good game. So you, you, I don't want to take anything from them. So let's, let's not get it confused. I'm not trying to say that Arizona Cardinals didn't play well, but Dallas is supposed to be a Super Bowl favorite this year. Arizona Cardinals are supposed to pick top five. Top three, really, but top five. Mitchell, nobody expected this result. Dak Prescott got to the red zone, one for five. An interception and a four and out inside the five. Both of them to CeeDee Lamb. Well, all three, because he threw a few incompletions to CeeDee Lamb when they needed to have him. One time, they ended up kicking a field goal. (sighs) Micah Parsons got a sack. But this Arizona Cardinals offensive line isn't renowned, so they should have more than two sacks. But it seems like people are starting to figure out how to block him. He had a lot of one-on-ones, Mitchell. You could hear throughout the broadcast, hey, they're leaving Micah Parsons one-on-one, telling these guys they got a hard down. Now, he put some pressure on on Josh Dobbs, and Josh was able to avoid it, get the ball out. But my God, this is a disaster. (sighs) Richard, Josh Dobbs only threw four incompletions all game. I mean, Mm. I know you're going to be talking a lot this week about the Dallas Cowboys and their renowned number one overall defense, but God bless it. The Arizona Cardinals, Rich, they got it done, and they looked good last week too, but as an Arizona fan base tanking for Caleb Williams and having another pick from the Houston Texans, 
when both the Arizona Cardinals and the Houston Texans win, that might be tough as an Arizona Cardinal fan rooting for Caleb Williams, Rich. But I'll say this. Dallas is not who everyone thinks they are. They got still work to do. And to your point, Richard, when you left the Seattle Seahawks and moved a little bit south to the San Francisco 49ers, you told me, I like their coaching staff. I like what they're building. I looked at you like you were freaking crazy because I'm pretty sure the San Francisco 49ers were last in the division the year prior. And you said, Mitch, uh, they got something brewing. I trust you with your instincts. And I trust you with the Dallas Cowboys offense because you're right about that. They have not been tested this year, and they're about to be tested going forward. Trevon Diggs goes down during practice mm. with an ACL injury, Richard. That is that is terrible, especially in practice on a, what was that, a Wednesday or a Thursday? Richard, how much do you think that had to do with this outcome today? A lot, a lot. You lose one of your best players, a leader on your defense, a, a, a emotional leader. You looked at the training camp battles with him and Dak going at it and all the headlines that that made. He was he was making he was growing. He was blossoming as a leader of this defense and as somebody who set the set the tone for this defense along with obviously Michael Parsons, but it's it just shell shocks you. Similar to when the the Jets lost Aaron Rodgers, except they lost him on game day. So at least the Dallas Cowboys had a couple days to kind of like deal with the loss, to to probably comfort comfort him, to try to talk to him, to try to mentally, you know, because people don't understand. You, there's a mental, emotional toll to losing one of your teammates, especially a teammate that is that valuable to what you do and your plans going forward. That you're, it, it, it changes people's livelihoods. You know what I mean? It changes the trajectory of seasons. You know, he's that caliber of player, and he has been in the National Football League, and now. Now you have to find a way not only to to try to fill the void just positionally, like somebody else has to play the corner on the on the right side or the offense is left, but in terms of like everything, all the intangibles that he brought to the table. And he's an incredible person, incredible teammate. You saw he would the defense looked totally different. They looked totally befuddled without him. Um, there were a lot of holes there, you know, in the run game, they they didn't have answers. In the pass game, they didn't have answers. And Joshua Dobbs was very efficient. Like, I don't think he has that kind of game with Trayvon Diggs playing. I, I don't highly doubt it. So there is an emotional toll to that. But Mitchell, the part that I, I didn't understand is I was, there were Dallas Cowboy fans all in the mentions, Mitchell, saying, oh, you got him too? You, you're dumb. You don't, you don't watch football. You don't understand football. I don't watch. I don't understand. No, I do watch, and I fully understand. I, I, I'm not being biased. I, the San Francisco 49ers, I have a little bit of bias, but I don't need to be with what they're putting on tape. They're putting good film on tape both sides of the ball. There's balance there. What the Dallas Cowboys were doing, were putting a lot of good, great, phenomenal things on tape defensively. I saw things that, that were sustainable defensively. I saw things that were not sustainable offensively and that would get them in trouble if they ever got in a game where they were behind. And they were behind from the beginning of this game until the clock struck zero, Mitchell, and they could not come back because Mike McCarthy is not a good play caller. He's not. There's a reason nobody calls him to call plays. There's a reason why he shouldn't be calling plays. Everybody was complaining about Kellen Moore wasn't throwing when he should be throwing. He was running when he should be throwing. He was throwing when he should be running. Kellen Moore is out there with Justin Herbert living the best life. I ain't going back and forth with you. I'm living my best life. <laughs> four, he was 40 for 47, 400 yards, four touchdowns. They were, they were out there throwing the ball all over the yard. 
And you got Dallas Cowboy fans who, when he was 85% in the red zone last year, complaining that he's not doing a good job. Well, guess what? Now you're 1-5 in the red zone in a game against the Arizona Cardinals and then throwing interceptions. You couldn't score in the red zone. You couldn't score from far. You can move the ball down the field, but you couldn't get it to the promised land. And now, what, what do you say? Well, oh, Mike McCarthy's terrible. We all knew that. We've been watching him. We knew that. That's why when he came... Jerry Jones is like, no, 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 no. Kellen, Kellen, Kellen's going to call the place. But he must have convinced Jerry, like, hey, I'm coaching for my life. I got to call the shots. Well, Jerry, you might need to call Dion or get Dan Q, DQ, start in the fold and start writing them contracts, baby, because this is going to end the same way it always do. Well, they got a tough matchup next week against the Pats, Rich. I know you're going to be talking about these Cowboys all week. Mm-hmm. For a limited time, you can save 40% on an NFL Plus premium annual subscription when you sign up through Plus Play from Verizon. Plus Play is a platform where you can shop, manage, and save on the subscriptions you already love, like NFL Plus. With NFL Plus Premium, you can get access to live games on mobile, NFL Red Zone, NFL Network, and much more. So you can watch multiple games all at once on any screen around you for updates. Never miss a touchdown. And for fantasy players, NFL Plus Premium makes all the difference. Access to programming like Fantasy Live through NFL Network, Red Zone for tracking player performance on Sundays, access to live, local, and primetime games, access to Fantasy Plus. Just go to verizon.com forward slash NFL to get NFL Plus Premium today. It's 40% off for an annual subscription. That's just $59.99 for the full season. Get it before it's gone. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So let's take it to your neck of the woods, though, Rich. Seattle. Uh, they, they beat uh, they beat the Panthers. I mean, I don't know what's to be expected of the Panthers. Andy Dalton at the helm this game. They need this game. Seattle's 2-1 and one now. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on this game, Rich? Uh, Mitchell, the, my thoughts, 
your boy, Kenneth Walker III, showing up again K-9. another week. Two TDs. Um, you saw him in the pass game. You saw him in the run game. Gino threw for almost 300, Mitchell. Oh, it was, it was just, it was here, and then it was there. And then you had DK, kapow, kapow, on the run, sidearm. Ah, oh, Gino! Like, Mitchell, it looked good, but it still was a close game. But then you look up and you're like, who are they missing defensively? Reek is missing, Mitchell. Jamal Adams supposed to come back offensively. They're still missing both tackles. Um, Charles Cross potentially coming back next week. Uh, Abe Lucas is still on IR. So for them to be able to do this undermanned um, was impressive. People are not giving the uh, Carolina Panthers a lot of lot of lot of respect because of who you know. Obviously, they got a a, a poor um, poor roster. You know, not a lot of names, known names. But Andy Dalton can still slang it. He can still move the football, throw the football around the yard, and he showed it again. They would have been better off going against Bryce Young because at least you got a young guy who hasn't seen these looks before. Andy Dalton, he get out there, he say, hey, y'all going to let me throw it? I'm going to get 350, 400 out of this. And he did. He was able to move the ball around. Adam Thielen had a really good game, another veteran. They found some holes in the defense. They attacked the rookie, uh, Spoon. He got some good learning lessons this week, playing on the outside, playing a lot of snaps because Reek was out. Um, but they looked good. I think this was a really good game. Um, play calling from Hurt. I'm sure there were things they want to clean up, things they can execute better. I thought offensively, Shane Waldron put on a clinic, absolute clinic, being dynamic, creative with what they did offensively, moving people around, how he got Kenneth Walker the ball in space. Uh, uh, Jaron Reed, this was a good game for him, one and a half sacks. It just always feels good to get in the link. And then it was a great game for the 12s. The 12s, Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Hey, there was uh, when I stopped, when I stopped counting, Mitchell, there were eight offsides, I mean false start penalties. The, the record is 11. They were trying to close in on the record. They were rattling them boys. And uh Ejero Evero, the defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers, was out there doing a lot a lot with a little. And we're gonna talk about him a little later in the show. Well, Richard, the Seattle Seahawks get another. I don't want to call it easy game, but it's looking pretty damn easy. On primetime, Monday Night Football against the Giants next week, could we be looking at 3-1, and one, you think, Rich? Mitchell, we could easily be looking at 3-1. and one. We could easily look at 3-1. and one. And what's crazy, Mitchell, for the Dallas Cowboys, we could easily be looking at 2-2. Two and two. <laughs> And if that happens, whoa. whoa yeah, because, this be, NFC because, East. Rich. The blueprint is out there, Mitchell. What do you got to do to beat the Dallas Cowboys? As my guy Mike Irvin says, you got to be physical. <laughs> you got to be physical. Run the ball down their throats until they stop you. They ran for 185 yards in the first half the Arizona Cardinals did. 185, Mitchell. You think Bill Belichick isn't sitting there like, we got a few of those runs. We got a few things we can do with that. Hey, we may not push the ball down the field as much. We may. You know, every week is different for New England Patriots. But defensively, I know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to take away C.D. Lamb. They're going to make everybody else beat them. And they're going to stop the run. And they're going to say, Dak, good luck. Dracar Noir, baby. <laughs> Richard, the other game I've been anxious to talk about, because we just had them on the podcast Earlier this week, 
Your boy, your former teammate, Raheem Mostert, the Miami Dolphins, 70 points, Rich. 70 to 20 against the Denver Broncos. And we got to, before we get into this game, we got to acknowledge our sponsor, Morgan & Morgan. Morgan. This week's Making Look Easy Player of the Week brought to you by Morgan & Morgan, America's largest injury law firm. It's got to be rich. It's got to be your boy, Raheem Mostert. He made it look way too freaking easy. Four tutties, Mm -hmm. Rich, against these Broncos. Last year's defense would not have given up four touchdowns, but this year's defense, hey, here's the end zone. Enjoy it. Richard, your thoughts on Raheem Mostert, your boy. 82 rushing yards, seven receptions, 60 yards. What do you have? Four, five tutties? What? Mitchell, I thought Oprah must have been out there because it was like, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown. Mitchell, two players, not just one, not just Heem. Heem had four touchdowns. Heck of a game, Heem. But Devon or Kane. At Kane, 18 rushes, 203. Two rushing touchdowns, four receptions, 30 yards, and two receiving touchdowns. Mitchell, that's four as well. And then you throw in the guy you got to beat that has you like this all game, and that's Tyreek Hill. He has your stress, Mitchell. He has your stress, and he only had a touchdown, but he had he had nine catches for, for 157 in a tug, but he was doing it every which way. Seven catches for 60 yards, nine, 13 rushes for 82 yards, and three touchdowns on the ground. Mitchell, what's concerning, the most concerning thing about this is people are going to blame Russell for this, and it's not his fault. He played a pretty good game. He played a pretty good game. He had the touchdown. He turned it over once. But, I mean, he threw for 300. Some of those were, were garbage time yards. But he played a pretty solid game. This is one of his better games as a, as a uh, Denver Bronco. But it's the thing that always happens, Mitchell. When you get one side playing great, other side folds. Last year, he didn't play so great. And he let the defense down multiple times, over and over. This year, he's playing good. The defense is letting him down in a major way, Mitchell, in a major way. And I like Sean Payton. I really like Sean Payton. He was a friend. We have good conversations. But during training camp, he, he showed the video of the Bronco driving off the cliff. And it ended up being way more symbolic than it needed to be, Mitchell. It was supposed to be last year's Broncos. That's this year's Broncos, Mitchell, off the cliff. Because last year's Broncos didn't start 0-3. They were 2-1, and one, battling. Every week they were battling. Whether they won by one point, lost by a point, it was a dogfight every week. They, they lost multiple games by one score. You know, they lost a bunch of one-score games, probably like five or six of them. They got blown out one time in the season against the Rams. It was, I think it was 51-14. to 14. That was 37-point blowout. But they didn't never get beat by 50, Mitchell. They did not get beat by 50. They did not get 70 points put up on them at any time. When, when 70 points get put up, I apologize for defensive, to defensive coordinator Vance Joseph, but heads got to roll. Somebody got to go. Mitchell, 70 points with that talented of a defense. You got the best corner in the National Football League. Justin Simmons, one of the best safeties in the National F- Football League. You got Randy Gregory. You got talent on that defensive line. DJ Jones. You got players. So it's not like you're sitting there with, with the Arizona Cardinals roster, with the Carolina Panthers roster, where it's like, hey, they just don't have the guys. They don't have the playmakers. They don't have the guys to get this done. They have the guys. And so that's concerning. But 
Another thing is Sean Payton said some things about Tua Tungavailoa that he may not have approved of, Mitchell. They said, he said in a couple games, they're probably going to replace him with Teddy Bridgewater. Like, they'd probably be better off playing with Teddy Bridgewater. Well, guess what? He hurt you. And then he shredded your defense. He didn't throw an incompletion, I think, until the second half. He was 17 of 17 before he threw an incompletion and ended up 23 of 26 for 309, four touchdowns, 155.8 passer rating. Mitchell, on 26 passes, 158 is perfect. My goodness. Like, he can't throw the ball in his backyard and have that much perfection. He can't go routes on air and make it look that good. And then you got... Chosen Anderson, who get in with my boy Mike White, and then they go for another one. Like, they kneeled the ball when they could have went for the record. But I don't want to hear it about Russell Wilson in this week, Mitchell, and or, or these games. He's actually played some pretty solid football. The defense has played... I, 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 I'm trying to find the word. Porous. Awful. Horrendous. Horrendous. Like, it's been it's been really bad, and they have too many good players to play this bad. And so, you go from Idro Evero, who's now with the Carolina Panthers, who's probably going to get a head coaching job soon, to Vance Joseph, who has, who has coordinated some really good defenses in the past with the Rams. He's coordinated a Super Bowl defense before. But what he's doing right now will get, will, 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 will get him sent home. And Sean Payton has to be shivering in his, in his boots because he talks so bad about Nathaniel Hackett. And you can't, Nathaniel Hackett at this point in the season last year was two and one, was two and one. So if you're going to sit there and talk about a guy that's two and one and you're on three and just got beat by 50, you'll likely get your first win next week against the Bears. You'll likely get it, but you still got a tough road after that. I think you got the Bears and then Kansas City. And if you let Andy Reid is going to be looking at that like, Hey, he, he, he let Miami put up 70. Miami's a great team with a great offense, but he's like, we can do it too. And they're, and they're in. They're in Kansas City, I believe. Oh, man, Mitchell, I think I might be at that game. Is that Thursday game? Is that Thursday game? It might be a Thursday game, Mitchell. It might be the one I'm at, Mitchell. Oh, my God, Mitchell, I think it's the one I'm at. You're going to witness it firsthand, Rich. There's a couple other things here, Rich. If you're living in Colorado right now and you're a fan of the Colorado Buffs, and the Denver Broncos. It's been a rough weekend for you. We are sorry. Um, Richard, let me break down these 70 points scored for you real quick. It's the most scored in an NFL game since 1966, right? 19 teams in the NFL thus far this season haven't scored 70 points combined on the year. Richard, th this looked like a high school game. Th this looks like your standard high school game, right? Like, who's going to let off the gas pedal first, right? And, and the coach just finally says, hey, you know what? Enough's enough. Let's put in the third stringers. This game was consistency quarter after quarter after quarter after quarter. Miami Dolphins, they look legit, Rich. Tua Tungavailoa looks legit, Rich. It is is he a true, true, true MVP candidate right now, or is this an overreaction? Mitchell, you, uh, uh, unless you, people, somebody's speaking about a game that's other than football, you better put him in it. I mean, because at, at first it was like, oh, you know, he's got, he's got Tyreek and Tariq's doing it, and Tariq had a pretty good game. 
but he threw four touchdown passes. He threw them the two backs. He he was out here looking like Mahomes with the flick. I think they put that in just so he could make one look sexy because he did it twice. He said, huh, no look, huh, have that. Have that. And the young kid, Devon Akane, I may be saying his name wrong. A- I apologize. A- Devon A-Chain, Rich. A-Chain. A-Chain. Devon A-Chain went off. And I can't wait to argue with Skip about it because I'm going to use the name Devon H. Chain because you talk about Tony Pollard. You talk about Christian McCaffrey. I'm not going to put him in there. He, he's more like a Devon H. Chain, but he's not even there because Devon H. Chain probably has Tony Pollard's full season stats in that one game. And it's looking crazy, Metro. It's starting to sound crazy. What, am I crazy? Might be crazy. You're not crazy. I'm crazy because I, I dropped Devon H. Chain for my fantasy roster going into this weekend, Rich. <gasps> Can you believe that? 55 pan- fantasy points in PPR for Devon A. Chain. Richard, let's move on. Hey, before we move on, let, let, that whole segment, the Dolphins made it look easy. Our friends at Morgan & Morgan make it look easy every week. This has been the Making It Look Easy, brought to you by Morgan & Morgan, America's largest injury law firm. If you're ever injured, you can check out Morgan & Morgan. Go to forthepeople.com slash Sherman or dial pound law. That's pound 529. Winning in the NFL is hard, but hiring at Morgan & Morgan, Morgan, Morgan is easy. Super easy, Rich. All right, let's, let's, uh, let's move it down, Richard. I am scared. I'm not going to lie. Let's go to Green Bay. I am scared. I was in Ford Field all day today. I saw on the scoreboard the New Orleans Saints up 17 to nothing. And I said, okay, we're good. The Lions, the NFC North is ours. There's nothing to worry about here. But by God, Jordan Love makes a huge comeback, Rich. How, how real is Jordan Love? 18 to Jordan 17. Love looked legitimate. Looked legitimate. He had his young guy moments where he missed some wide open passes that LaFleur drew up. He's drawn up a really good game plan for the kid. Um, their defense is playing well. Rashawn Gary, five, three sacks. Um, Kenny Clark had a sack. Romeo Dobbs had a really incredible catch. Um, so, I mean, he looks the part. He he looked much better in the, the when they had to have it. They had to have a drive. He looked the part. He looked really good. He executed down the stretch. He ran it when he had to run it. He was accurate when he needs to be accurate. And then the Saints blew it. The Saints blew it more than Green Bay wanted, but Green Bay got the win. Um, they put Garrett, Derek Carr out the game with a shoulder injury, uh, but they came back. You got to give them credit because that's a really good defense. The Saints defense is one of the top defenses in the National Football League. And when Derek Carr went out, it was like the, the air went out the balloon. The, the air went out the balloon, went out the stadium. He didn't have, they didn't have it anymore, Mitchell. They, 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 they lost momentum and the Packers took it and ran with it. Their defense got hotter. Jameis Winston couldn't put together a drive until the end of the game. He put together a decent drive to get him in field goal range. And then they missed the field goal. That was the, that was the, the heartbreaker. They missed the field goal, but they're still missing Jair Alexander and obviously Aaron Jones, uh, Christian Watkins, who's their big play guy. Uh, so you got to give them credit. You got to give them credit. They played really well, but I think it's going to be a really good divisional game next week that I'm going to be at. Mitchell, you're going to be at in the stands, and I can't wait. I can't wait either. I mean, Jordan, I think you're right. I don't want to get too far ahead of things here. The reality is Derek Carr and this Saints team had this game locked and loaded. 
I was a little surprised because Vegas was pretty heavy on the Saints going into this game. In fact, they were favored going into this game. And sure as shit, the Packers pulled it off. Um, Jordan Love, you know, doing his thing. They, he's he's respectable. Let's just put it that way. Right? Oh, he's, I mean, he's, be, he's above respectable. He, he played a pretty decent game. Yeah, very much so. And I think the Packers are, are a threat in this NFC, but there more needs to be done. More needs to be done. But, Richard, this is the largest comeback in Packers history, down 17-0 in the fourth. So that that's something that we should mention here. Jordan Love was at the helm. Not Brett Favre, not Aaron Rodgers. And, Richard, last last week when we were on this podcast, I, I, I breathed a sigh of relief. Because I thought Jordan Love was not that guy. Did not have the clutch team. Today, he did. So let's let's keep an eye out for the pack. We're going to be watching them on Thursday night. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Richard, let's keep it in the division, though, because Minnesota at home in a must-win game. They've won all the 11-0 last year in one-possession games, Rich. They're 0 in three to start the season. Los Angeles Chargers get the dub, twenty-eight to twenty-four. Your thoughts on this game? Well, first off, just, Justin Jefferson was one yard away from 
you know, being uh, breaking another record, I believe, for for his age and his point of his career. Um, but it just it, it's just unfortunate because Kirk Cousins, just like Russell Wilson, is going to get blamed for this game. And Kirk Cousins played a really solid game. He got the heck beat out of him, Mitchell. They were all they they were hitting him left and right. Joey Bosa, um, uh, Khalil Mack, they were they were getting after him, uh, whether he had the ball or didn't have the ball. Uh, and then, I mean, our defense didn't want to stop anybody. Uh, like we said earlier, Justin Herbert with Kellen Moore at the helm was 40 for 47, 405, three touchdowns, no interception, 123.8 passer rating. <sighs> you cannot do better than that. Second to Peyton Manning at this point in his career all time. Keenan Allen turning back. If I could turn, turn back the hands of time. My darling, you. Mitchell, he turned back the hands of time. Mitchell, 18 catches for 215. Career highs. He's setting career highs in year, it's got to be 12. Year 12 setting the career highs. That's what, that's what having a great quarterback. And he had a good quarterback. He had a really good quarterback in, in uh, Phillip Rivers for a long time. But he's breaking records with Herbie. And then you got Mike Williams, had a nice breakout game, some incredible catches, seven for 121 in a tug. But again, the injury bug keeps creeping in, keeps creeping in. That's why they drafted a receiver in the first round. Joey Bosa had a good game. Kenneth Murray had an interception. But Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson just wasting away with no defense to be had. And my God, Brandon Staley might have the, 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 the most luck ever because he made a bonehead decision and survived it, made a bonehead decision and still got the win. If they would have lost this game, Mitchell, I don't know if he would have, I don't know if he would have made it all the way home before they pulled the plug on the, the Brandon Staley experiment. And I don't know if it's, I still don't think it's, he's out of hot water yet. Um, clearly they're one and two and got a long road ahead of them. Uh, they got the Raiders next week and the Raiders, uh, I mean, they got a solid team. They can get it done. Um, but Will Kirk Cousins even be there next week? Will the, will the Minnesota Vikings finally say, hey, this season is lost. We got to get a quarterback next year in the first round. We may as well trade our first rounder. I mean, trade for the Jets first rounder while we got Kirk. We're not going to resign him. We'd rather get him first rounder for him than lose him for nothing. I mean, they could franchise him, but I would imagine Kirk has a non-franchise clause in his contract, seeing as he got franchised three times before. But I, it's just they don't look like a good team and they get bullied. Seven fumbles and the fumbles, TJ Hawkinson just got the ball taken from him early in the game. First drive of the game, maybe first or second drive, they threw it to him and the guy just took the ball from him. It was like he caught the ball and was like, hey, I, let me have this real quick. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it over here to this sideline. And it's just like, like, have some pride about yourself. You just got paid $17 million. You're the highest paid uh, tight end in the National Football League now. You can't just get the ball taken from you. He had a solid game, but... Kirk Cousins deserves better. I wish I, I wish him and the Jets could get united. That's a pipe dream, but maybe it can happen. What's that song, Rich? Wasting Away Again in Margaritaville? Is yes. that right? That, that sounds right. How about we change the Wasting Away Again in Minneapolis? Because Richard, Justin Jefferson, Richard, Justin Jefferson is this primo, one of one, mm -hmm. a unicorn, if you will, a mm -hmm. one of one. Richard, I do not want the same career trajectory that I saw with Calvin Johnson here in Detroit, where he was that unicorn of his generation, of his decade, that just never was able to see that championship potential because of the folks around him. 
And, and I love me some Kirk Cousins. I'm a Michigan State fan. I don't think he's the problem, Rich. I, I think this goes a lot deeper than Kirk Cousins. I think he is a true bona fide starter in this league. But, Richard, we saw it with Calvin Johnson and Matt Stafford for better part of a decade, right? Are we looking at the same career trajectory for Justin Jefferson unless Minnesota gets this shit together? Yeah, I mean, we are, Mitchell. He he wants to get paid, and he wants to get paid at a high level, and he should be. Um, but I'm not sure he really wants to get paid in Minnesota. Um, I wouldn't want to. I mean, you can get paid in a place where you got a chance to win because when they get rid of Kirk Cousins, everybody in Minnesota is like, oh, yeah, we can't wait. We're going to get so, so much better. Honestly, there's not a lot better than that. The ones that are better than that, nobody would trade. Like, you, you got beyond that, it's Mahomes. It's, it's uh, Josh Allen. It's Burrow. It's, um, I mean, now it's Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, it's, it's Herbert. Those are the guys that aren't getting moved. Um, so you think, hey, somebody's going to come in and save you. Kirk Cousins is a really good NFL quarterback. But he's not one that can do it all by himself. He can throw for 400 yards and move an offense down the field. Maybe you want to, might want to protect him a little better, a little better offensive line. But you need a defense. And he would have one in New York just in case I don't make it home tonight. Can you just trade Kirk Cousins to the Jets, please, baby? Hey, baby, hey. Just trade him, Mitchell. He don't even need to get in his car. They got clothes there. There's a lot of shopping in New York. He don't got to pack a bag. They will have his equipment there. You don't got to leave the stadium. You need to learn the playbook. But Kirk, get to New York by any means. I don't care if you got to walk in there and stomp it. Get me to New York now, ASAP, because they're going to respect you. You play like you do right now for Minnesota Vikings, throwing for 300, 350 a game. In New York, in that big market, your payday is going to be massive, Kurt. They're going to pay you like your top five. Get Kurt Cousins to the Jets ASAP pronto. ASAP. Richard, the Kansas City Chiefs <sighs> put a beat down on the Bears. I don't really necessarily want to talk about this game. I want to talk about the bigger part of this game, Richard. The game within the game, if you okay. will. All right, talk to me. Taylor Swift. <laughs> Is this a real thing, Rich? Come on now. Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift. Come on, your, your, your insight on this relationship. Mitchell, I don't put a lot of stock into TMZ rumors and all the yin-yang and all the nonsense. Even Tony asked the question when we were in uh, Philly to his brother, Jason Kelsey. It was like, hey, is it real? And he was like, hey, you know, he kept it pretty close to the vest, played it pretty, pretty well. Uh, but when you look into that, to that booth, Mitchell, you look into that suite and see her going crazy. Like, Mitchell, I don't know if she was a Kansas City fan before, you know, she started dealing with Travis Kelsey. But when he scored that touchdown, Mitchell, there was a lot of excitement there, Mitchell. I don't, you don't see that kind of excitement very often. There's a lot of wives that aren't that excited when their husbands has, have that level of success. And, and Travis has been doing it a long time. So for her to have that level of excitement, it's just, you know, maybe it's, it's doing something for her. Maybe it's an experience she hasn't been through before, Mitchell, because I just saw a different kind of enthusiasm there, Mitchell. Enthused. Uh, you think she was more excited about that touchdown or the fact that he finished with 69 receiving yards, Rich? Mitchell. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> a, little, 
let's get let's get to the game, Rich. I mean, we got to talk a little bit about Justin Fields because no, at this don't. point in time, eh, eh, eleven of twenty-two, he can't even eclipse a hundred yards. Rich, he's ninety-nine yards passing, a tutty, an interception, eleven rushing yards, forty-seven. 11 rushes for 47 yards. How worried are you about Justin Fields? I'm incredibly worried because he's a really, it seems like he was a great talent at Ohio State, but, it, you know, the Ohio State curse of quarterbacks that never do anything. I mean, we just talked C.J. Stroud is the first Ohio State quarterback to throw for over 380 yards in a game ever in the history of the game, and Ohio State has been putting quarterbacks in the league for a long time. You don't know if it's the chicken or the egg. You don't know if it's it's the offensive coordinator and the team because they they absolutely are abysmal offensively. Their their scheme is abysmal. They're not calling great plays. You look on the tape. There aren't a lot, there, there are open guys at times that he's missing. So when he's not missing the open guys that are right there in front of him, there aren't open guys. So it's it's definitely looking like a failed experiment. It's looking like a bust potential, uh, which is frustrating uh, to see. Because sometimes you get in the right situation. Would he have been thrived under Kyle Shanahan in that offense? Would his career trajectory be different? Um, probably. But he's not in that scheme. And he's not in there. And he's not doesn't seem like he's being well coached. So he's running into issues. And it doesn't look like it's going to work out. It looks like they're going to be picking top two, top three in, in a draft. with this If this keeps up. And do, do they pass on Caleb Williams if he's available? I do not think they do. You can't. You can't. And, and Richard, in this game, Patrick Mahomes is the fastest player in NFL history to 25,000 pass yards. This is the Steph Curry of our generation here in the NFL, Rich. Patrick Mahomes doing it on all levels. Andy Reid passes Tom Landry for fourth most wins in NFL history. I don't think he's stopping anytime soon either, Rich. A shell shocker in the NFL outside of your Dallas Cowboys and Arizona Cardinals situation. We had another one. Indianapolis goes on the road and beats the Baltimore Ravens in OT, 22 to 19. I, not a whole lot of folks saw this coming. I know the weather was was a factor. The Ravens had some injuries, but nonetheless, uh, the Colts, without Anthony J uh, Richardson, go on the road, get this dub. Uh, your thoughts on this game? Sometimes the backup is better than the starter. Um, and a lot of times, especially when you got rookie early draft picks, you got to go through the learning curves. Not that they won't be great, not that they won't throw a mate, play amazing, but at this point, I'm sure people are more scared of Gardner Minshew than they are Anthony Richardson because you know he's a rookie. You can throw certain looks at him. You can just put pressure on him. That's why everybody blitzes rookies. You Brock Purdy's, he's not a rookie anymore, but technically he's only started nine games, ten games, or something like that. And so it's still rookie experience. And so what did they do last week? The, the Giants, 84% of the time, they blitzed him. That's un. That, Oh, my God. I've never heard of anybody getting blitzed 84% of the time, even bad quarterbacks. And so, <clears throat> similar to Andy Dalton with the Carolina Panthers, I'm sure that Pete would have loved to, to, to face a rookie Bryce Young and watch him go through his growing pains and make mistakes because you're dealing with an old, cagey, chiseled veteran. He's going he's gonna to go throw the ball around the yard, but he's going to know, recognize the coverages. He's going to be able to, to punish you, and that's what Gardner Minshew did. Uh, to the tune of 27 to 44 for 227 and a touchdown. But they also ran the ball really well. Zach Moss, 30, 30 carries for 122. He caught the ball twice for 22 yards and a touchdown. And then their defense, which wasn't bad. Gus Bradley, well-coached defense, four sacks in the game. They limited Lamar and what he could do. They ran stunts. They, they, they did different things with the defensive line, different things with the coverages to make it very difficult for their receivers 
Uh, Kyle Hamilton on the other side had three sacks by himself. Really good game for the young kid. Uh, but it, it just wasn't enough. And Lamar did everything he could do. He threw for two, 200. He ran for 100. But it just wasn't enough in the end. And the guy that they usually could depend on, the most reliable, old, old reliable, uh, Justin Tucker misses a 61-yarder as time expires. And it's like, like I'm sure the Colts were, were ready, to, their coaches were ready to take their headphones off because Justin Tucker, that's what he does. He's automatic from that point. But father time is undefeated, and that's what it looked like. I mean, he was dead straight down the middle and didn't have the leg. And that's the first time I think we were ever going to say that Justin H- Tucker did not have the leg. Well, Matt Gay for the uh, Indianapolis Colts, four field goals over 50-plus yards. So he had the leg, included a 53-yard field goal to win the game. Richard, Indianapolis is 2-1. and one. Uh, You know, the, we didn't see this coming early on this season. They're without Jonathan Taylor, thanks to their amazing ownership group that they we've already touched on. But th- this is a team, maybe this is a story developing here, Rich. Indianapolis Colts, 2-1, go on the road. Get a huge victory over the Baltimore Ravens. Rich, I know you love the Jets, but let's let's get real right now. Uh, they just lost at home against the Patriots. What what, what do the Jets have to do? Because they have everything that a, a coach could possibly want except a quarterback with Aaron Rodgers going down. I know you want them to go out and get Kirk Cousins. How important is it for you as a player in his prime? You don't want to waste Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, you know, all these big name players that they have on both sides of the ball. What do the Jets have to do now to resurrect this season? They have to trade for Kirk. Sorry, Mitchell. Just say it. They have to trade for Kirk Cousins. Immediately. He immediately makes them a contender again. Even at a one and two record, they have to do it now so that he can get acclimated to the city, to the offense. It's similar that, you know, Nathaniel Hackett has similar calls and and and, and plays as Kevin O'Connell's offense. They have a similar scheme, but I'm sure the verbiage may be a little different. Aaron Rodgers coming from Green Bay, Nathaniel Hackett coming from Green Bay. The 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 verbiage is gonna be different, but they're all from the same tree. Uh, so I'm sure he'll make it easier. He'll, he'll they'll find like-minded concepts and, and and figure it out. But I think he would immediately upgrade them to a contender <laughs> and make them a much more difficult out going forward. He'd make them a much more difficult team to play going forward. The next game they have is at the Chiefs. I mean, they 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 got the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. Like that'd be a great coming out party for 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 Kirk Cousins to to battle the Chiefs uh, with this team because their defense is going to battle. But if you run Zach Wilson out there after the performance he just had, which was really abysmal at times. They were two for 14 on third down. They were one for 10 last week on third down. It just doesn't feel like you give your team the best chance and you don't, you don't inspire confidence. It's hard to go out there as guys and and fight your tails off when you know you don't have a chance to win the game because at the end of the day, the guy under center isn't capable of making it happen. No matter how much you believe in him, no matter how much you want him to be better, he didn't throw any interceptions, so I guess you can celebrate that, but 18 for 36 for 157 with some of those being garbage yards and and things like that is just like, I don't feel like you, you you can honestly feel comfortable with that. Yeah, I'm mean, Richard, I, I don't see any positivity coming out of this Jets fan base. I mean, they were all hyped up coming in this year, and rightfully so. Aaron Rodgers is supposed to be that guy to take him over that 
take them to the promised land, Rich. And they got a very sobering sense of reality four snaps into the season. And now they just got to figure it out because there's too much talent on this roster to have another season waste. Uh, wasted. Richard, I was at this game in Detroit. It was a get-back game. Uh, the Lions won 20-6. to I feel pretty confident about the Lions going forward. I don't know how much time you had to, to watch the game, but it was one of those games, Rich, where they just never – you never had any sense of doubt. And as a Detroit Lions fan, that's a rarity. And <laughs> I, that's why I think that, you know, hey, we might have some here, Rich. We're going to be in Lambeau together next Thursday, Richard. I want to talk about this game real quick, but I also want your thoughts on on that game on Thursday night. Your thoughts on what the Lions did at winning twenty to six against Atlanta? Uh, I thought they 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 did a lot of things well. You know, they they ran the ball. Jamar Gibbs. We heard so so much about him during training camp and how effective he was going to be, but you weren't seeing a lot of them. You know, they were they were still splitting carries. Um, and today they let him take the workload. He was 17 rushes for, for 80 yards. Looked good. Jared Goff looked pretty solid today. He had the one interception that was, it was kind of a weird throw and weird decision. He overthrew it uh, straight to Jesse Bates, um, who's one of the best safeties in the National Football League. So go ahead. But the way they contained Bajan Robinson was really impressive uh, because Bajan Robinson had been running you know, on everybody, everybody he ran a rack shop over the um, Green Bay Packers last week. Uh, he had 10 carries for 33 yards this week, which speaks to that defense and their tenacity. He had four catches for 27 yards. Um, Desmond Ritter was held in check. You didn't hear a ton from from the big receivers. And and, and so you got to give him all the credit, credit in the world. Aiden Hutchinson, two sacks. He's starting to develop, you know, his game. That defensive line gets gets going uh, as, as the game progresses. They look legitimate. I, I could see them winning the game next week if they can play like they just did. Well, Rich, Jameer Gibbs is going to be forced to be good because they don't really have another backup option outside of him. Until, until David Montgomery comes back, Jameer Gibbs, it's his show. And, Richard, we got, we got somebody – I think that could be a potential George Kittle-esque tight end in this league, and that's Sam Laporta. Hit a huge first half. Another Iowa tight end, Sam Laporta. Great skill catching the ball. Yards after the catch, he's one of those guys who just, you know, wants contact. And and that's a good – for the Lions, you already touched on it. TJ Hawkinson didn't have the best game. Lions management saw what TJ Hawkinson was, and I was a fan of TJ Hawkinson. But I never saw him as that that number one guy that he is now making 17 plus million a year. And the Lions elected to trade him and draft somebody like Sam Laporta. Look out for Sam Laporta the rest of this year, guys. Richard, you'll be able to see them firsthand on Thursday Night Football next week or next Thursday, Green Bay against the Lions. I will let you wrap us up as we conclude our week three recap. Yeah, catch us on Thursday Night Football Prime Video. 7 p.m. Eastern, great game versus the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers from Lambeau, but I can't wait. This week, we had, obviously, the San Francisco 49ers won this Thursday. I was there. Great game. Christian McCaffrey, threw the, you know, he did his thing, looking like an MVP candidate. The defense played really well. Talanoa Hufanga, you had your boy. Nicholas John Bosa, the reigning defensive player of the year, got him a sack. Brock Purdy got his eighth 
win in a row in the regular season, undefeated. Another two-touchdown performance for him, but you can catch us next week. We're going to have a guest soon. We're going to have a guest in a couple days. Stay tuned. Check us out next episode. Hit the subscribe button if you're new. Otherwise, you don't have a clue. See you next week. Volume. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.